the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Wall Street's big two-day surge is over. It ended yesterday. It was a big two days, though. It was nice to see. It was a quick memory of, like, you need to stay involved because things can change fast. And you don't want to miss the 10 biggest up days of the year. NASDAQ was down yesterday, just a skosh, down one quarter of 1%. SP 500 down one fifth of 1%. Dow Jones industrial average down 15 basis points. So the surge ended, but it kind of ended kind of in a sideways. Yeah. We saw that job openings dropped big this week, a sign that the labor market is tightening. Tomorrow is going to be the big day on labor numbers, first Friday of every month. Oil prices rose to a three-week high yesterday on basically oil cuts. That's helping Russia. It bruises the U.S. Kind of wish Saudis and OPEC went a different direction on this one, just to kind of grease the wheels of capitalism. But I guess uh, no such luck, huh? The group of oil-producing countries, also known as OPEC, agreed to slash production by 2 million barrels a day, biggest cut since the world shut down in April of 2020. The international benchmark to buy Brent crude oil is at $93. It's had a dizzying type of year, going as low as $81 and as high as $120. That's a big swing. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 teacher calls on the air. Joe Biden traveled to Florida, and he looked at, at the damage of Hurricane Ian. And this was kind of a weird presidential moment with GOP Governor Ron DeSantis standing on the same stage as Joe Biden. We're reminded that there's midterm elections coming up in a month, and then presidential elections coming up in 24 months. History was made yesterday. SpaceX, NASA astronaut Nicole Mann became the first Native American woman to go into space, joining three others on a trip to the International Space Station board SpaceX Crew Dragon vehicle. It was SpaceX's sixth crewed mission to the ISS for NASA since 2020. That's kind of... You still like telling those stories, you know? Us going up and down into space, and it goes well. Um, Elon Musk and the expectations for the X app. Um, his next big thing, Musk is again hinting at it. The everything app, not a new concept. It's known as the super app. WeChat in China is the world's foremost super app. Ultimately, 900 plus million active users. If Twitter can get there, wow. Um, But everyone's saying the same thing. He paid way too much money for Twitter. That's kind of okay. 
North Korea fired two ballistic missiles yesterday in response to the United States redeploying an aircraft carrier into the area. Ford jacked up the starting price of its electric F-150 Lightning. Ultimately costs. And if you put Ford jacking prices up, they're having supplier problems. Um, And suppliers are charging more to get them as much as they can when they can. Same thing with Tesla. When Tesla missed production numbers, it was like, did they just not have enough materials? And won't that affect all of the EV world as we ramp into the um, Inflation Reduction Act, also known as the Electric Vehicle We Love You Act? I don't know what else we're going to call it, right? A pumpkin weighing in at 2,554 pounds set the world record for the heaviest pumpkin ever in the United States. I don't know what I think about that. A pumpkin weighing 2,554 pounds. <laughs> Biggest pumpkin ever. I, I guess I don't like that story. It's like bad pumpkin, right? I don't know. Evil. It's too big. Yesterday carries over today where there's just not a lot of finishing. Finish them. Stock market did not finish higher yesterday, and it's starting today in that put-up-or-shut-up kind of area. The stock market's contending with the notion that it's gotten ahead of itself, expecting a Fed policy pivot. Every year, you get another term in Wall Street, whether it's inflation or um, pivot is the big one right now that we're all paying attention to. You had Fed President Bostic yesterday from the um, Atlanta Fed throw some cold water on the idea of a pivot saying yesterday, not so fast when it comes to the market's idea that there will be a rate cut in 2023. That remark followed an indication he believes the Fed funds rate should be at 4 to 4.5% by year end. And from there, he would like to pause to assess things. So the Fed's given up a little bit more information, and the market is responding by saying, no, you're wrong. We want the pivot sooner rather than later. Uh, the 10-year treasury, uh, the, the two years sits at 4.1, whereas the 10-year sits about 3.79. It's creeping a little bit higher towards closer to 4. The market becomes a little less agreeable. That's a nice way of saying that, I think. Initial jobless claims for the week ending October 1 increased by 29,000 to 219,000. A strong an indicator that the labor market's still strong. We're not firing people. It's a leading indicator on initial claims. They've got a lot more scope for the deterioration before the Fed can be convinced that what they've done is working as far as trying to get people to become unemployed, which is really a weird thing to say out loud. We're pulling for bad news to help kill inflation. There's been more hemming and hawing over the decision by OPEC to cut its production by 2 million barrels per day starting in November. That move has drawn criticism from the White House. It's created some additional geopolitical tension at a time probably when the world doesn't need any more geopolitical tension. Let's take a look at the market. As we move forward, hesitation today ahead of the September jobs report tomorrow. And then next week, we get the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. 
There is strength today in mega cap stocks. There is questioning the Fed hike rate narrative after Fed President Bostic, non-voter, hinted a potential pause. I get into some nitty gritty. I was looking at the India September Nikkei services. Um, showing some expansion. So the world's still kind of operating. One minute. Even though we keep expecting for the world to fall apart. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One thing that we can sum up the segment and end with is the idea that what's working right now or what's not working right now is easier. Companies that are losing money. Companies that are showing you a business that can grow, but not the business to get it to the bottom line yet. Therefore, the bottom line that stands out are companies that have dividends because they get it to the bottom line. And you're seeing more and more research on companies like ConocoPhillips being published. Um, companies like Broadcom, which is a big diversified semiconductor company that has a dividend. Um, dividends are in the news these days. Pay attention to what's working and why and what's not working and why. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. As an investor, I've had to learn more about English debt this month than I've had to learn about English debt in my career, all put together. And how inflation and interest rates started going up in the same direction, how that's going to affect the Bank of England. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, 75 basis points, at a historic pace three times. A lot of people now are betting that the Fed is done or close to done, and they're going to pivot. That if they want it to really fight inflation, you would have to see, you know, if you're, if you're not willing to see the pain of seeing an economy shrink 6%, then you have to monetize debt. And you have to do that for a long period of time. England and their new prime minister really put things into a a muck. We're going to be dealing with the Bank of England for a while because they're buying back a lot of their debt at a time where we, the United States, are saying, you know, we're doing something a little different with monetary policy, which is very different than what Turkey's doing. The world is not all on the same page. OPEC's not really working with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. So we have some less than ideal situations to contend with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, Apple introduced the Apple 14 phone a couple of weeks ago. And what's really interesting is tech press has been very tough on it. Um, the innovation that's being cited is in fear. The innovation is not in cool new product. The Mac pro landed with a bit of a thud. Apple is applying its time tested. We know what you want before you know what you want. Um, how much innovation is going on at Apple is it's in question and it's pessimism. What's going on with financial policy, thinking the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England can't really push their economies to grow negative 6%, which would kill inflation. 
But once the, the once there's some pain, it's expected they're going to pivot. Apple's not really doing a lot of innovation here, and we're very pessimistic on the Fed right now. Pretty good signs, in my opinion, when you start getting the negative commentary leaking into things. It's contrarian, and I think that's one of the better ways that Wall Street works itself out in the end. Seniors are the only age group with more poverty. There was a new study released on a million more seniors last year went into poverty. The goal of this show is to not get seniors into poverty. We want to avoid this, but a million more seniors last year, 65 years or older, fell into poverty, boosting the percentage of poverty to 10.3%. So if you're 65 years or older, there's a 1 in 10 chance that you're below the poverty line. That's in stark contrast to the 4.5 percentage point drop in child poverty to a record low 5.2%. So if you're a child, you've got a 1 in 20 chance of being in poverty. Older adults are experiencing poverty level at a quicker rate than any other group of adults, people in our group set. There's over 6 million older adults now living in poverty. 6 million. Um, And when inflation jumps, that stings the poor. A lot of what we're talking about right here, right now is raising interest rates and how it's going to affect different brackets of the economy. Social security benefits won't um, increase the rate of inflation. You kind of know that, right? Some, but not enough, say advocates who believe Congress should offer immediate help to seniors to offset the effects of soaring inflation, like one of those checks in the mail. There's programs you don't want to be on, like SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also known as food stamps, helps low-income people and families buy the food they need for good health. Congress needs to address how the government calculates cost of living adjustments to better align for how seniors spend money. Um, you and me are seeing decreases in things. And when I say you and me, I, I'm, I'm approaching senior, senior level sooner than later. Um, seniors pay a lot more for healthcare and that seems to go up every single year and we're living longer. So your healthcare costs are going to last longer. Social security has become a primary source of income for way too many people. And it's meant to be a supplement. In your head, you should look at Social Security and say, maybe it'll cover 10% of my income needs. And I'm going to need to cover the other 90%. And you can go to ssa.gov, ssa.gov, and see what you're going to get in your Social Security benefits. Um, If I were to do that, you know, I've got a number in my head, and I think you probably are starting to get a, a feel for where my number is in my head and what it's going to take to retire. What's that number? Um, do you have that in your head yet? Because if you don't, you really, really should. And you can start with something stupid. Look at what the income you made last year, and do you feel like you, you lived a pretty good life in the last year? And you can start there on your assumptions. For me, if I'm saying Social Security is going to cover 10% of my income, 
Um, at age 70, I can get $4,100 a month. At age 62, I can get $2,200. So you can see that I'm going to need $2.2 million to $4.1 million is in that range of how much I'm going to need to be able to live off this kind of money. Um, so I look at 10%, 20% Social Security. Easily right now, I'm spending, I don't even know if I want to say this, at least 200000 a year of income. So if I'm going to get $2,000 a month, that's you know, I'm, going to, I'm going to need to save a little bit more money. So <clears throat> I highly recommend you take a look at your SSA.gov and figure out right now how much that monthly payment would help your life. Because what we're finding is that senior citizens are underestimating it and more and more are slipping into poverty. 800-516-1220, teacher calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, the EU and the United States reacted to OPEC plus agreement slash oil. It wasn't just the United States who's upset. What The White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, accused the group of aligning with Russia. Um, very interesting how political oil got very, very fast. Um, the European Commission on Wednesday proposed price caps on natural gas, though some countries worry it could threaten supply security. Um, and then last week we saw the pipelines messed with and terrorist activity, sabotage, a lot going on in the world of commodities, natural gas oil, and gasoline at this point in time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. So last segment, I was talking about what percentage do you think Social Security should cover of your retirement income? And what really dawned on me while I was in commercial break there was that I wonder how many people will actually do what you're, I'm talking about. It's one of those government tools that, that's available to you. You have to feel comfortable online. Otherwise, you get a social security form mailed to you once every five years. It used to be every year. I loved that, being like 25 years old and getting that social security statement going, okay, so how much have I put in? And how much am I going to get out? Like in the 1980s, from 1981 to 1990, I put in $21,496. That's what I earned from my high school jobs and my college jobs. Not a lot of money, but I was waiting tables, so it was probably more than that. How much was declared in waiter tips? Probably not the full amount. But I want you to have a concept of how much Social Security is going to be. When I tell you mine, I want you to tell you yours. I want you to find that data, whip it out, and go, wow. At 62, I could get $2,200 a month, and some of that's going to be taxed. Or if I wait till age 70, I can get $4,100, and some of that's going to be taxed. How much of my budget is that going to help? So you have to have an idea of your budget. But also, as you're heading for retirement, Medicare Part B premiums are going to be $164 a month. So you can already start figuring that out. 
it's actually down about $5.20 from this year. But it usually it's going to increase two or three, four or five, six or seven dollars, not go down five dollars. Medicare costs went up in 2022. The reductions come after more significant increases in cost. So 2023, a little bit down. 2022 is up big. It was up 14 and a half percent. So remember, I was just kind of going, it's down five percent this year, but it was up 14 and a half percent the year before. Our government has to decide how much will they be willing to spend Alzheimer's drugs, and then you're going to have to pay out of pocket, and it's kind of a little bit stressful. That's one of the reasons I highly recommend working with a CFP when you hit retirement, because putting together this budget is critical, and I think I've done two pieces of it for you now today. SSA.gov, go get your statement of what you would retire if you retired. Um, what your income is going to be roughly that's going to change too, but that's a good roughly. And then start figuring out what you're going to be paying in Medicare is you're going to be going to the doctor as you get older. It's interesting. Um, so reductions for the record sometimes happen in what the insurance companies are willing to cover and what the healthcare companies are willing to cut in cost over times as far as generics and new skill, uh, new pharmaceuticals, care and skilled nursing facilities, hospice, inpatient rehabilitation, some home health services, hospitalizations. So start figuring stuff out before it's too late. Um, one of the more interesting things that I say on this show is I don't know what I'm going to do in retirement. I've got some funny ideas so far, like be a pool boy, but being a pool boy, here's a couple of thoughts. I would get physical exercise. I would get the ability to like talk to people while I'm playing in their pools, which is nice social. It's not heavily skilled. It's not heavily stressful. Um, but one of the things that's attractive is I've talked to some pool cleaning services and the benefits are really good. <laughs> like they, they, they pay a lot for their employees, which you're going like, did you go to college to be a pool boy? Nope. That's another thought there. You have to start thinking, what would you be willing to do in retirement? What would you not be willing to do? Some people want to stop work and start watching TV. I'm like, nope, I want to do something kind of outside in the sunshine. A little bit, right? Strength today and energy, weakness today in utilities, real estate, financials, and healthcare. Um, another thing that I want to start thinking about when it comes to retirement is losing your loved one. It happens. My mom outlived my father by over 20 plus years. And she was very, very lucky that he was in the military and had a government pension because that transferred over to her. Every year, women who lose their spouse are able to have that fresh start, which sounds like a lovely, lovely thing. But math in that time frame is very difficult for a lot of women whose husbands precede them to the grave. Um, a lot of financial issues that you're going to have to go through. Um, when you lose a spouse, trying to feel reassured is a really important thing. I remember when my father passed away, it was time for me and my brother. My brother's an attorney. I'm a financial guy. We had to get together and take a look at what was there. 
before then it was kind of none of our business. My dad didn't really set up his will or his estate intelligently. So it took us coming in and telling my mom, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. You have to have some sense of that when you're widowed. Um, my mother never had to work a day in her life. My father worked in the military and there was enough to cover the spouse and all the family from that. She did work raising six children though. But if she had to go back to work, is that going to be one of your, one of your parents or your spouse? One of the biggest mistakes that I see retirees make after they lose a spouse is they stay in the home instead of downsizing. Um, It would have been lovely if my mother had found a a senior community after my father passed to spend her days amongst her peers who also were going through the same things, the loss of a spouse, someone to talk to about it. The loss of your health as you age from 60 to 70, 70 to 80, 80 to 90. Although Joe Biden, he seems to be checking quite along nicely. As a lot of people are giving us that uh, 80 is the new 60, right? Some things that you have to think about when, as we age, is the death of our spouses and how we financially change with that. Like I said, it would have been lovely if my mother had found a community for her because she lost it with my father and then her health started going bad and it happened sadly in her own home instead of at a community where people could check in on her. It would have been a little bit nicer. Anyway, so start thinking about that and start thinking about what retirement's going to look like to you. So I guess today's theme of the show is what does retirement look like to you? Um, I don't have long-term care on me. We have long-term care on my spouse. I expect to die way before her. Her parents have shown longevity. My parents did not show a lot of longevity. Um, So I'm self-financing my long-term care. Long-term care could run about $100,000 a year. And last thing in the world I want is my spouse to deal with me in a wheelchair. Last thing I want is for her to deal with me with dementia. Um, I want to be surrounded by people who are better prepared for that so she can be a lovely, lovely woman to another man and or children. You get the idea. So what does your retirement look like? And if I had had these conversations with myself at age 20, I probably would have matured my thought by 30 and that thought would have matured by 40. And then it becomes more realistic. So I now know a little bit more of what my retirement looks like. I know my social security from today's show. I know my income and my Medicare costs from today's show. I know how much I want to spend on long-term care. Um, Guess what? I look around and I have enough wealth that if I died, my kids are going to have enough wealth. I no longer have to have life insurance. You should have these conversations with you, yourself on a regular basis. Biggest fear I had when I was 35 years old and starting a family late in life um, was that I was going to die and my kids wouldn't have income to go to college. So I had life insurance. Um, anyhow, and it's really kind of interesting because early on, you know, I'm telling you when you're 20 and 30 and start thinking about some of these retirement issues, you're just way wackadoodle off. For instance, in my twenties, I wanted to have, um, $1 million was my retirement number. It was kind of a rookie number. 
but that would pay me forty thousand. I'm like, worst case scenario, I could live off forty thousand. I wasn't even thinking about social security because we've been taught not to really count on it. Um, but I could live off forty thousand dollars a year. But interest rates were different then, and inflation was different then. So a million dollars wouldn't be my number if I can go back and slap my twenty year old self. I would. You should have a concept on this. Um, getting a lot of email from what I said yesterday. I got an email from a listener who had a 401k issue and didn't have enough cash in their retirement account. He has to take required minimum distributions, but also he needs money to live off is what that implies. He doesn't want to sell when things are down. And it's something you got to start thinking about that emergency fund, that cash flow where your required minimum distributions, what do they look like in retirement? If you go into retirement without a financial plan, I think you're making a huge mistake. Um, And if your financial plan is real estate, just keep in mind, take a look around right now. And in the next year, year and a half, it's going to get worse in real estate. If right now is your financial plan of a home in retirement, what would that change? Try to model some of what you're seeing now into you when you retire. And again, I know we got a lot of listeners, some are 50, some are 40, some are 30, some are 20. So that that retirement conversation has to happen. It has to happen soon in your head on a regular basis so it doesn't surprise you later in life. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. There's not a lot of big headline news stories that we have to get to today. There is a lot of what's been going on for the last month. Question, has the Fed gone too far already? We are looking at a recession in 2023. We may be in one technically already. A lot of question the Fed is the story that's driving the headlines. Oil prices are holding above $88 a barrel. We would like to see oil head down to the 60s to $70 a barrel if we wanted it to be easier for our economy going into a recession. Treasury yields are noticeably higher to near reached uh, Friday's sediment level. Um, the 10-year note is now at 3.83%. As it gets closer to 4 it becomes much more problematic for the Wall Street to work effectively, uh, which is fine. There's hesitation today before tomorrow's September's jobs report. A um, couple thoughts to, to focus on. I, it, this is maybe the purpose of the show today. What's your retirement going to look like? How much Social Security are you going to have? Start doing a little bit of financial checkup list kind of stuff now while the market's not working for you. Um, I saw the number of seniors heading into retirement now that fall underneath the poverty level. It's growing. And the number of Californians is as well. If you've worked in a minimum wage job, you're probably going to find yourself as, what is retirement going to look like? For the last decade, we've let way too many people slip. Um, 52% of California's private sector employees ages 18 to 64 work for businesses that have failed to offer a retirement plan. So 52% of Californians who work in the private sector work for companies that don't have a 401k or a 403b. They're very similar retirement vehicles. They are the number one way for Americans to get to retirement. 
where you take 10 to 15% of your salary now and you save it in a mutual fund like a S&P 500 exchange traded fund, that's a very basic way of saying it. But that 401k is gold. And 52% of California's private sector jobs for employees 18 to 64 don't have access to a 401k. Corporate executives enjoy hefty retirement payouts. We know that. Over the decade, companies have jettisoned defined benefit uh, pensions. You know, I I speak about my mom's, uh, she lucked out. My dad had a great retirement pension. You don't say that much anymore. Companies like Ford and GM have said, you know what? We're going to move to a 401k instead of giving our workers a pension where we'll pay them until the day they die in retirement. We'll pay them less now, but we'll pay them to retire. Pension plans are gone. Eight in 10 Californians who have had no access to a 401k plan make less than $50,000 a year. Eight in 10 Californias. Eight of 10 Californians. No retirement plan. Um, and they make less than $50,000 a year. They are the ones who are going to be going into poverty. CalSavers requires businesses without their own plans to upload their employee rosters. CalSavers then enrolls the workers automatically, deducted 5% from their payroll checks, and deposits into a Roth individual retirement account. When you consider low wages, the high cost of living debt burdens, CalSavers may not be a panacea but it's trying to level the playing field. We need to come up with new ways to save for retirement and we need to start it in high school. It's crazy to say someone just won a Nobel prize for the way he talked about saving for retirement. Um, and it's, it's interesting. It's, um, it's a life cycle where you invest less when you're a younger person, you invest more when you're an older person, what you invest in when you're a younger person are, are experiences. Have you ever heard like the millennials have got it all wrong. They're not saving for retirement. They're, they're, they're investing in experiences. They're, they're spending a lot on new year's Eve. They're spending a lot on travel. They're spending a lot on food. Well, someone just won a Nobel prize. To tell us what exactly the, the millennials are doing. And it's, it's, it's mentally not the worst thing. A man named Franco Morlingangi, um, trying to smooth out what consumption and spending and where you should be maxing things out. It's ultimately between age 50 and 70, according to Nobel Prize research, and between age 30 and 40. But it also is tied towards how much money you have. And the more you have, the easier it gets. The more you earn, the easier it is to save. Americans on average carry four credit cards. How many do you have? I think I have four. That's interesting to note. I'll have to look through, but I think I do have four. I'm the average. That's funny. The average American has 3.84 credit cards with an average annual credit limit of 30,365. I got an email yesterday from someone who was telling me about their credit card because I asked about that recently. I said, you know, what credit card are you using? And it was interesting because he had a, he's called an X1 card and I have not heard of the X1 card. So I looked up the X1 card and it's cute. I get it. Um, it saves a little bit differently. It's got some innovative features tied towards it. 
you get approved based on your income. It's got very large credit lines. It's got a nice rewards program. It's got a referral program that if you take advantage of, it's really kind of good. Uh, the referral bonus isn't taxable. Only some credit cards offer a referral bonus, and X1 is one of them. You can invite up to three friends, and they get each card. You both have 30 days of four times points on all your purchases. That's kind of fun. The conversion, the problem with the X1 card was I didn't like the way it converts into cash. It doesn't convert what you're spending points add up to correctly. And that's a little bit of a problem because non-savvy consumers are going to go for the cash. We should probably be looking to apply it to other things. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. So I've got a little scratchy voice. It's that time of year when the weather's changing and it messes with my throat. Take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 